if you're looking for some straight-up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to Marketing and Margaritas. Today we're joined with special guest Brad from Frontline Equipment Maintenance. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Macaulay? So today we've brought Brad on because we want to talk about recruitment marketing because it's a really hot topic at the moment. Um, We have done an episode on it previously, but now we wanted to do one with someone who's actually in the field doing this day in, day out. So before we get to that, let's talk about why you're even a good person to be talking to about it. (laughs) So Frontline, what is it that you guys do? What's the industry and what's your role? So we specialise in supplying tradespeople um, that have experience in all facets of hydraulic excavators, um, off-highway trucks, drill rigs, earth milling machinery, auxiliary equipment, things like that. So we're mainly um, mining related, but we also do civil and we have a Mackay workshop that does like general vehicle services and roadworthies and things I said, like that. Because you do domestic as well as commercial. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we've got a workshop based in Mackay um, at, at near Harbour Road there, um, at uh, lot two Mount Bassett Cemetery Road, mm-hmm. and um, they do. We, we service our our own fleet vehicles, but we also do general services for for you know, the general public for their cars and um, air conditioning repairs, fabrication, things like that. Yeah. So for you, recruitment's not just about making sure there are people in the workshop to get the maintenance and services and everything done. Yep. It's actually also recruiting for contracts to give people labour hire too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the majority of our workforce is um, the mining related stuff. So uh, all of our employees are, are employed full time to then we supply maintenance labour to the mining or civil areas, um, predominantly mining throughout um, majority of Queensland. We also have guys in the Northern Territory and New South Wales, but predominantly Queensland, Bowen Basin. Okay, that's really interesting, I guess. So, like, and that's the reason why we wanted you on here today because, you know, we've got clients who we've worked with for a really long time mm. who are coming to us for recruitment, Mark, yep. for their recruitment now. So, um, you know, the way that they've been doing it for the last, you know, 50 years or whatever it's not enough. That Mm. whole skills, like we've gone through skill shortages so many times. It's like anything, you know, especially Mackay, it's cyclic, things go up and down, et cetera, here. And Mm. so that, but at the moment, it's not just in mining industrial, it's like everywhere seems to be having a skills shortage. That's right. Um, You know, screaming out for people. Mm. And then often, you know, that can lead to just getting warm bodies rather than actually like qualified people or whatever. Yep. But, you know, obviously in that, getting those skilled tradies and labourers and stuff, that's even, you know, worse than what we're experiencing in the creative industry or whatever. Mm. So I... and. Are you finding, is that just in our area or being in all those different states, are you finding that across the board it's just challenging right now? It's across the board overall. We deal with different trade qualified people that we hire them as well. Um, But just like in in the building industry as well, um, a lot of employees of ours are, you know, first home builders at the moment and the delays or, you know, just even putting pools in the ground at the moment. You know, so it's not just our our industry, which not just is, I think it's a, a skills shortage in our industry at the moment. Mm. Um, there's a very big um, shift in the generation that are coming through now who are 18 plus. They, they're they doing other things rather than trade qualifications. We also have that through gap. waves in general, doesn't mm. it? So yeah. you probably find that that happens every so many years. Is yeah. that the case? 
And I think the digital industry from like from when I was in high school, yeah. it was nearly non-existent, you know, like I don't want to show my oh, age my, here. My but job no. now didn't exist when <laughs> I went to university. That's right. Like, Your job now didn't even exist until a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my first mobile phone was when I was in year 12 and it was like the most ancient thing you've ever seen. Yeah. But now like kids are going through primary school and learning how to do coding and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. It's so. I think there's a lot more different av- uh, avenues in the digital world compared to the hands-on labour trade world. Yeah. And that's being seen as new and emerging industries as well, and that mm-hmm. attracts people. That's right. Um, I think, too, like, apparently with COVID, we've got a big kind of gap in our um, in people getting upskilled and everything. So for those, that year and a half or whatever when things were really – not that things mm-hmm. are, like, super good for everybody now, but when it was really shit house for every person, mm-hmm. they had – like no one was taking on apprentices and trainees, et cetera. So there's this whole gap of those new people coming into the industry that just got missed. That's right. And so we're feeling that pain of not having that pipe, like having that pipeline cut off for so long. Mm. Um, It's having an effect on actual like skilled, qualified people coming through now. That's right. And it's, you have to look after the people that you've already got. You can't put more people on when there's no work for them to do. So it's like, you have to look after your own first. And then that, like you said, that gap then created this, hang on a second, we need more people now. We Oh, we don't have any because there was that gap of everyone just froze for a little while. So, mm. And I mean, you can understand it, man. Like, how, you know, holy dooly, it was incredibly unpredictable times. Yeah. Like everyone was putting on their seatbelts and going, holy shit, I'm strapping in and hoping I come out through yeah. the end of this. Yeah. You're not going to put on your big chunk, like, you know, our big organisations locally that would do like an intake of 50 apprentices mm. and stuff, that wasn't happening. Mm. You know what I mean? So yep. there's just this whole, yeah, like I said, it's just this gap of skilled people along with, like you said, like with emerging industries and everything, you know, for kids getting trained in coding and stuff, it, like yeah. it's really young, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They're coding things and stuff. It's like yep. don't they do it like in primary school. They start creating little robots. Mm. So, yeah. you know, going into that sort of space or whatever rather than, yeah, with some mm. more traditional roles and everything. I think in our industry we were quite lucky in the in the mining sector because we continued with very, very strict protocols, mm-hmm. flying in and out of Brisbane. You know, the airport had designated screenings for mine workers and resource workers and things like that. So we were quite lucky that things continued, but there was very strict um, on-site access protocols to, to adhere to. So now that the COVID wave of seems to have leveled out a little bit, everyone's like, sweet. So we didn't ramp up before. Now we're ramping up yeah, because yeah. we know for sure, we're like we've got confidence in the industry now. That's and everyone's that's ramping right. up though. Yeah. That's mean everyone yeah. is getting these bigger projects because there are more projects around. Yeah. And so everyone is screaming for staff to fill mm. those roles and stuff. Yeah. Which is what we're here to talk about today. Right. <laughs> All right. We've established context. Let's yep. get into it. So recruitment marketing. Yep. Tell us, Brad, what have you learnt along the way? What have I learnt along the way? Um, I guess it's I, – I, I came up here on holidays in 2010 before I moved to Mackay, and it was like mining was just in your face. As soon as I got off the plane, <laughs> it was like people were dressed for the oh, mine site. The it was like, like – Every like the hive bullet. is, man. Like some of these guys literally just <laughs> wear it going out to the dump and shit on the weekend. Like yeah. it is everywhere. Yeah. There's your Do new you own work any other clothes? And your old work yeah. clothes, which are now your home clothes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, clothes. I came from the mining industry in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales. And when I came up to the 
know, Mackay Whit Sundays for a tropical getaway with my friends. I like walked into like what was a, a mining airport <laughs> and uh, even where the baggage claim is, it's like, it's mine advertising and, and it's like, you know, come and work for us. Use you our service. you noticed it, didn't you? Massively. You <laughs> yeah. couldn't, you could not, like you walk in there and, and, and no one's wearing like, it's very rarely people wearing casual clothes. They were all wearing, you know, like depending on what flights you get, high vis yeah. and boots mm. and everything like that. So, I guess um, now that I live here and I work here, and and it's and recruitment is part of my role um, at Frontline. So we try and um, we focus on capturing the attention of like potential employees via unique avenues, but we must also be in the same space as our competitors. So. Advertising is about being different and capturing someone's attention that, mm-hmm. uh, for your target audience, for example. But like uh, Seek, for example, is a search engine for employment. If we're not on there like everyone else, then we miss out because yeah. everyone's on there. You it's still like, need to tick off your basics. That's fans. right. I 100% agree. Yeah. And, and you have to like you have to use the spaces where everyone's active online because it's a, our generation or the society these days, it's an online generation. So we also have to utilise – our socials like Facebook, et cetera. Like you've, you've got Facebook's like the, the third most visited website on the planet. It's got like 20 billion hits a, a month. Yeah. So we have to be in that space as well. It's a search platform for a lot of people now. It is, it yeah. automatically. It's, I mean, it goes, uh, I think uh, Google's like 90, billion, 90 million a month and then the next one's YouTube, then Facebook. So mm-hmm. we have to utilize that sort of stuff. Um, it's where people go to see what's on on the weekends, you know, what their friends are doing. It's where we get our like, news, our current affairs, what's happening in our community, yeah, that's jobs, right. all that sort of yeah. stuff. It's how we keep up to date with things rather than picking up the daily paper with your coffee in the morning. Yeah. You're scrolling on Facebook while you're waiting for your Macca's order. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, if you, if you jump on your Facebook and you say, oh, man, my air conditioner's busted, like, where do I get that fixed? Someone jumps on there, tags frontline equipment maintenance, bang, you've got, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know you guys did that. And then next thing you're calling us. I forgot you guys did that. I feel terrible. We did your website. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and roadworthies and air conditioning and services, logbook services. You won't void your warranty. Come and see us. <laughs> you're a wally. <laughs> uh, but also, like, um, there, there's so many like, – when I talk about you have to be out there and relevant as well as different. So with print media, we've had um, – We've had success in that with like the National Resources Review, which opened not only exposure for additional employees or potential employees, but also um, business. So this is more of a business related. It's good branding exposure too, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Especially when it's employment because it's like, I know for us, whenever we have a job ad up or employing people and everything, it's one of the things that get commented on the most from people. Oh, you guys are growing. You must be doing really well. Like, you know, people notice when you're employing as well, like, and it sends a good impression Depending, I guess, on, I mean, I know sometimes it's like people have high turnover and everything, mm. but in general, like if it's for positive reasons, people are like, oh, you must be killing it. Yep. I saw that you were like hiring for someone else the other day and like, yeah, we're killing it. Yeah. Aside <laughs> <laughs> from freaking out in the corner and crying, but yeah, no, we're <laughs> killing it. <laughs> but at the same time, like if a, a business manager for a competitive company or a, someone, a company that you deal with as a client saw that you guys were recruiting, they're like, oh, they are really good to deal with, mm. I'm actually looking to jump ship somewhere. I see they're recruiting. Like, you're, you're cross-promoting because you're still you're talking You're talking about poaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not poaching if the person decides it themselves. <laughs> the fish came willingly. That's right, yes. We just, our, our advert looked good. Yeah, <laughs> just being in that space is how you... That's right, yeah. There's Like I said before, there's so much... The, the market's so flooded with mm, mining in this area. So you have to try 100%. so many different avenues and what works for you, can, for your specific role or positions and 
like we we um, sponsor local events, and that's always a great option. So we look at. Um, we love doing this. It's, it gets your name in the community. You're supporting the locals. Your brand gets the um, the event advertises your brand everywhere. So you're not just doing it yourself. It's also a second and third, fourth party who are throwing your brand out there as and well. And third party endorsements. So like, it's just like social proofing. It's got so much more power to it. That's right. You yeah. know, if someone's like, look at these guys, they're really great versus you going, hey, look at me, I'm pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's also a good thing when you when you organise an event and sponsor a major event and your competitors attend that event as well. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for yeah, supporting yeah, us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's some merchandise with our name on it. <laughs> but and, and it's it's a fun thing too. It's kind of like it's work related, but it's not all work. So you're out there in the community, you're enjoying yourself, you're sponsoring and supporting locals. And so how do you find that that sponsoring of events and stuff? How does that feed into your recruitment pipeline? It shows. Uh, I guess it gives a sense of. People see that and go, hey, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I want to have fun. I want to, I want to work and have fun. Yeah. Like, how can I get involved in this? And, and then people's interests, like, it's, it's so easy to click and go, oh, what else do they do? And then they say, we do this and we do that and we have that. And I think it's definitely that awareness. But for me, like, just what you hit on there too is I think that when we see people who have the same sort of values and stuff that we do, mm. then that kind of makes us interested in them as well. So, if, yep. you know, if someone's there and they're sponsoring the six, sick kids hospital or, you know, the football, local football team or an event or whatever it might be, mm. and that's a cause or a club or something that's important to you personally, yeah. then you like, you kind of go, oh, okay, these like... I'm in that industry, these guys have the same kind of values that I do, mm. it piques your interest just that's naturally. Right. Yeah, it does. That's right. So that's been a big success for us. Um, and also more recently we've been working with you guys to do a animation uh, commercial, um, which I think so. Well, I'm really excited about. I saw the final second proof yesterday. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited about just it. Just yeah. tying it all up. Yeah, yeah. So um, this this format gives us the capabilities to focus on like the exact message that we want to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the power of change and, and we don't have to go and buy, uh, hire actors and, you know, spend days out with production teams and things like that. But it's going to have a lot of cut through, I think, too, compared to what other people are doing in the marketing at the yeah. moment. Like there's still a lot of the we want you and the – um, oh my God, there's a stock image. I just saw it again on my feed before of this chick, a blonde girl in a hard hat on a mine site and it's like the side of her face mm. and that photo gets used on every single thing, every place yeah. because it's like stock one of, image. there's like three stock images yeah. with girls on mine sites yeah. that are yeah. Australian appropriate. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone sees them everywhere. Can you remember which per- like person used it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's you remember the memorable. image but not the company. Exactly. Yeah. It's not tied to any brand, any message. Mm. It doesn't have that kind of – like the only reason it's got cut through for me is because I've seen it a gazillion times. Yeah. Yep. Whereas with this, you know, it's crafting something that's 100% yours yep. and it's so different to what everyone else is doing as well. So it's really going to stand out. Yeah, that's right. Not and to toot our own horn. I'm just uh, no, it's – it's. It I mean, it, you should because it's it's a unique it, – like, Thanks, what Brad, I say I appreciate before, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that is different and that's what we want to try and get out there. When someone in our industry that may not even be looking for a new job or just like semi-curious about what's about, they see this and go, oh, what's this about? And it shows – the the message is like what we are about as a company and what we try and achieve. So we're all about you first, work second. You, yeah, we're we, the same. We talk about um, with our employees, like if you nut down the reason why we work, it's you find something that you enjoy doing 
that makes you enough money to enjoy your downtime. Yeah. That's life in general. No one ever, or as much as I want everyone to think that everyone works, to, lives to work, that just doesn't happen, right? You find something you enjoy doing so you can go to work, make the money, to then go and do your fishing, your camping, you know, family, family stuff, stuff whatever. whatever it is. Yeah, so that's our focus. And that's the culture that we, we continually bash home in our, in our um, company is that if you're not happy, then that can then filter through to your family. You know, yeah. it's, it's, if you're not happy at work, your seven days on feels like 14, your, your seven days off feels like three, you know, you don't want to go to work. You come home and you're, you're, you're down about it and you don't want that to filter back to your, That's to your household. Spend so much time at work, man. And yeah. so like when you're at work and you're feeling like it's dragging and et cetera, it's like, those are the precious moments of your life that are just draining away. Like you don't get that time back. And yep. then when you do get to go home and be with your family, if you're like, you're all deflated shit, already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I've got to go to work in the morning. Oh, I don't mm. feel it. You know, like it's just such a downer on everybody. But for you as well, you deserve more in your life. You deserve to be doing stuff that you enjoy yeah. and that you're valued for doing. Like it's just like the, the, the least that you can expect. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And it's something that you know, we will, like we pride ourselves on. We want a good culture and we want to have that. Yeah, because you, know, you want a good place to go to work as well. That's like, right. who likes going to work when you've got a grump, bunch of grumpy gusses around you? Like, I've worked in places before where you just like. I think I'm generally like I might be a sarcastic bitch and stuff, but in general, I'm actually like a pretty positive person. Like, I don't have to try. I, I generally have like a positive outlook. Yeah. And so, like, I'll turn up and be like, you know, morning, etc. And then everyone's like, uh, uh, and like cranky and snooty and all that sort of stuff. And it's just like. Man, that's why you don't want to turn up there every day because people are all sooky and shitty and everything. Mm. Whereas when you turn up in the morning, people are like, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, what'd you do last night? You know, and you're having a bit of a chat. And then, yep. oh, that client said this. Oh, cool. Well, we really wanted that. We're going to get started. Like, it's just, you know, it, it just feels so much different. And obviously, having, as a business owner, I want to go to work each day in a place that's cool to be. That's right. But I really want that for my team too, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Like yep. it just makes everything better. Like not just your work better, it makes your life better. Yep, exactly. And I think that, you know, like you were saying too, the culture is so important. So I think that's one of the things, everything that, one of the things that really pisses me off about marketing is when people come to us and they're like, you know, we need to get sales, we need to get leads or whatever, and whatever it might be, we'll bring them a bunch of leads and then they don't have the, like they, they're not resourced or they're not set up to actually convert those leads sort of thing. So it's like, you know, we have people where we'll say do digital ads for them and they've set up their own landing page and it goes there and it's just doesn't capture the leads that we've bought them. And yeah, I'm like, you're there, wasting your money. That's right. You know, yeah. you're wasting your money getting us to bring you leads when you're not actually doing anything to convert them. Mm. I feel exactly the same way about recruitment marketing. Like, yeah, we can bring you X amount of um, applicants and stuff. But then if you guys are douchebags and you have a toxic workplace or whatever, you're mm. not going to keep them. It's just a waste of money to be on this treadmill of bringing people in only to chew them up and spit them back out again. Yeah, that's right. So on the other side of that, from what you've been saying, Brad, it really sounds like the way you do your marketing, you kind of like fold your recruitment into it by establishing that you guys are a great workplace. You know, you, you talk about that lifestyle. So that is really how you do your everyday marketing is like your, yeah, your recruitment is folded into that. Like, but then you need to make sure are. that you're this actually doing. doing it. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that's the problem is that people will do values-based recruitment marketing 
but then people actually go and work there mm. and those values aren't being lived. That's right. You've got, and that's, that's for us to uphold live. that promise. So we, we say that we want to create this positive culture and this positive workplace for you to be happy and enjoy your life. It's okay for us to sit here and, and talk about it, but we also have to put it into action. Yeah. So it, it's, that's that, um, we have to, that, the communication has to be at a very high level for us because we, we're so spread out in, in um, such a large areas that we, we can't be in the same place every time, all yeah. the time. So as much as we try and you know, jump in the vehicle and head out west and go to every mine site that we can capture in, in whatever time frame, we still miss people because of shift work. They might yeah. be rusted on, they might be rusted off, they might be on night shift, they might be on day shift. You know, some guys are like, we see you all the time. Like, what have we done wrong? Like, no, no, nothing. <laughs> like, we, it, it's, it's weird because we get that feedback all the time where people come from places and they see people in a managerial role. And, and they're, they're like, like oh, what have we done? Yeah. They're like, no, no, nothing, mate. We're just here to say hello. Like, how was your, <laughs> how was your week up, off? Bud. You know, yeah. like, yeah, how's things? Like, did you catch any fish on the weekend? Or, yeah. you know, how's the family type thing? Yeah, you're not just fitting a cog into that machine and then it's working yeah. along sort of thing. You're actually going out and talking to people and, like, Catching up with them as though yeah. it was, because that's their workplace. Yeah, that's you right. You know what I mean? That's them turning up each day and it's nice to have that connection and stuff with your, not just your colleagues, but I guess, yeah, with your managers and stuff as well. Yeah. And not to feel like, oh, my manager's here. Yeah. That means something's, <laughs> something's wrong. Me, like, yeah. how terrible would it be if you felt that way? Yeah. yeah. Like, I know when I call people into my office and like, especially at the side, like, what have I done wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Mm. I just wanted to ask what present we should get Alana and didn't want her to hear. I think yeah. it's the funniest when you're just like, can you close the door? But she tries to do it with a straight face, like as if like there's something wrong. She's <laughs> like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and then I'm like, Casey's birthday's coming. I've come from a background where if, if senior management come into your room and shut the door, you're like, first thought is, oh my God, what's happened? Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, the director of our company will call me. And initially I had that, that fear that of like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. drops, yeah. And it's just like, oh, um, I heard it was your wife's birthday on the weekend. Like, how was it? Did you take her out for dinner? Like, it's just general conversation <laughs> yes. like that, yeah. <laughs> this is a trick question. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just over time you come to realise, hang on a second, like these guys actually genuinely care. Yeah. And it's, we're a family-owned business. We're a local family-owned business. We've got four directors who, um, husband and wives. Um, oh, and, right. And, and they want to keep those family values. So we don't want to become a company that gets way out of control with numbers and we start losing track of actually who we employ. Yeah. You know, we don't have employee ID numbers. Everyone's got a name. Yeah. You know, they, they're not they're, a number in this system. That's right. And they're genuinely interested in you know, what you do in your days off, like what your kids' names are, what your wife does for, you know, hobbies and oh, things man. like that. Remembering kids' names for people. Holy crap, that's so yeah. hard. Like, kudos <laughs> to them. I struggle with, it. like, our size team. Ingrid, Indy? I think that's right for Karen. Yeah. <laughs> I know She'll listen to this, Indy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's – and it's just it, – it doesn't even have to be on major scales, right? It just – like, an employee has a, a – and his wife has a baby. We send him flowers. That's yeah. no big deal. But to them, it's like, holy crap. Like, yeah. Thanks. Like, exactly. you know, um, and it's this recognition for not the things that aren't just work related. And mm. I think that's important. If you, if you make, if you're made felt valued, then that can go so much further at your actually workplace. You know, these guys care about me. They value me as an employee positive. The next person next to them is like, Hey, wow, that's, you know, I want to be a part of that too. Yeah, definitely. They jump on our website pre-employment application, and then we get the ball rolling. So Don't tell my boss, but your workplace sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, and I think that 
that's an indirect form of advertising as well. If you can show that it works, yeah. people get interested in that. So we service over 60 different locations throughout the Eastern Seaboard. And we want to have that positive culture that when people go to work and they see a group of our guys wearing frontline shirts, having a great time and doing mm. their work, they're like, hey, I want to be a part of that. That looks pretty cool. So success, like visual and experience of success, people want to be a part of that. People are like, I'm just turning up to work every day. Like, That's it. Know. Yeah, your retainment and your recruitment things can actually work really hand in hand when you're doing it like with – integrity and gen- yeah. you know and actually being genuine and stuff i know that, um a mate of mine his father passed when he was like his dad was quite young and he'd been at his workplace for like a million years or whatever his work actually gave whoever wanted time off to go to the funeral with him yeah you know because they all knew his dad and everything yeah. as well and like i remember turning up at the funeral and there was just all these boys there mm. in their uniforms and stuff there to support him and pay their respects as well and i was like that's you know, like it just meant so much. That's that's the kind of stuff that you can't, you know, just the actually genuinely caring about people mm. and following through on it and understanding what's important to them. It's not that work's not important, but something like that, those significant moments in people's lives, like, yeah, it's, and it's, you know, being there during the fun times and, oh, it's your 21st and doing something special, or whatever, like they're yeah. the fun things, but it's, you know, I think especially like I know people going through breakups or grief and stuff like that, mm. mental health issues, yeah. yep. those kind of things. Like, I, you know, I, I know that I've had other people like friends who are business owners who are like I've felt taken advantage of if I've given two people too much leeway. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But I, my preference is that I'm just going to trust people implicitly until they screw me over sort of thing. That's so right. at the time, it's like if someone's dealing with something for whatever reason, just being genuinely compassionate and like, you know, I always think, well, what if that was me in that position? Or what if that was my best friend? Or mm. what if that was my family member? How would I treat them then? That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you make a few good points there. And I think that we start I with... I make good points all the time, Brad. Go I'm on. impressed. <laughs> we should do this more often. I was going to say, we, should, we can definitely have you back. But next time a present. I'm okay. just saying, Janelle did bring a present. Yeah, I am your present. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when it comes to respect... Um, there's always that that, that um, preconception of like you've got to earn my respect. It's the opposite for us. You have our respect no matter who you are. It's up to you whether you keep it. Yeah. Mm. Flexibility. Yeah, you can have the flexibility to do that, but don't take the piss out of it, right? Yeah. So like, if there's a genuine concern or a tragedy or something like that, that's what the flexibility is for. Mm. Don't make up stuff mm. to use that flexibility because that's when you start to be lost. The respect starts to be lost exactly, in that yeah. sense. So, yes, respect, flexibility and compassion and respect is just all those things that, that dive into that. If, and you said the example of, you know, if someone was to pass away, that's a no-brainer for us. Take mm-hmm. time off. Go and mourn. Go and show your respects. Yeah. Let us know when you're ready. Like that's, that's not a put a leave form in before you try type thing. It's just like you do what you got to do, mm-hmm. come back and see us when you're ready. I think that's the thing too, like I know, don't want to harp on it, so I think about like with grief as well. I think when you treat people with respect and they feel actually supported and that they're being respected at work, mm. nine times out of ten, like, and I know this is what I'm like too, I'll, I'll go back yep. because I would actually prefer to be at work and be distracted with what I need to do rather than be at home and be sad. That's right, So yeah. it's like work actually becomes a sanctuary and a place where I can go where... Well, if you already feel supportive, supported there, you'll go yeah. back. Everyone knows, I, they, yeah, exactly. If I do screw up, I know that they're going to be compassionate because they know what's happening, like... 
again, it's just like anything. You treat people with respect mm. and, you know, it, just like you would want to be treated. And, like, yeah. I've been in those workplaces before where, you know, people just complain and complain about stuff and, you know, no one respects anyone and it's people just leave. And, everyone. But it's like, dude, you didn't offer them trust and respect either. And mm. I'm sorry, as the leader... That's your responsibility to yeah. do it first, yep. and then they can mirror that back to you. Like, I trust our team implicitly. I freaking hate it when people come to me and, like, I'm going to be 15 minutes late tomorrow, and I'll make it up at lunch, but then I've got this, and I'm just like, oh, my God, just fucking do and whatever. Yeah. Come in. I know you. Yeah. I know that you'll do the work. I know you'll do your hours. Mm. It's your first day. Here's a key to the office. Like, yeah. I'm totally cool to do all of that stuff yep. because I trust people, and I haven't, you know— had a problem with it. <laughs> Fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever. But, yep. you know, like, I just think that you can't expect people to respect you and your business if mm. you're not treating them with respect as well. That's right. And I think everyone everyone grieves in, in different ways as well. And I'm qualified in mental health assistance. So it's I'm, something I'm really passionate about that. And you're right. Being in a, in a positive workplace in something that, you know, when you're emotionally down, mm. it can keep your mind off that mm. negative and if you're in a positive workplace, it can, it can help you. It's like yeah. a, it's like um, an indirect rehabilitation for your emotions, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. But if you are in a bad work culture, bad work environment, and you've got a negative, that's right, it multiplies your negativity within yourself. And, you, and those kind of ones too is like generally where you feel, you know, people feel guilty about taking sick leave or taking yeah. leave and yeah. stuff. Like, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you can tell when someone's new to the office because they're like, I'm really sorry. I'm not feeling well. Yeah. I'm like, and they give me like a laundry list of what's wrong with them. I've got to go mm. home. And I'm like, can you fuck off already, yeah. mate? You look like shit. Go home and take care that's, of yourself. This is on a tangent, but that's my favorite thing about COVID is that people will actually take sick leave. They're like, I'm not yeah. well. I'm not, I'm not coming Yeah, the in. government says and, I can't come. Yeah. yeah it's, it's now socially acceptable that if I've got a snotty nose, I'm not going to spread my germs to everyone. It's like, what right. a great idea. But is yeah. people feel guilty about coming coming in and yeah. having to go home because they're at death's door. And I'm just like, get the fuck out of the office, yeah. you germ bag. Yeah. What did you even come in to work for? But she fosters a really great work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds so, like so just, so get just the to fuck take out a, of here. <laughs> just to get a little bit back on track. <laughs> so um, in addition to your recruitment marketing, you guys focus on really clear communication once you yes. do have people inside, yep. fostering that really good working Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about onboarding, man. What onboarding. do you feel about onboarding? Because he said, once you bring people in, yeah, you, you, I guess you really have to pick the right people. So that's a really big part of recruitment. You've only met this person once or twice, and you're like, do I like you? Do I trust you with my work family? Yeah. So I, oh, work family, that's so cute. <laughs> I get that there's a few things we touched on um, before about like it's it's it, we want to make sure people want to come to us and they're happy and it's about you know earning money to enjoy your time off. So that's like our main goal. So it's it's our job as an employer to make sure that our, our, our workers are happy and, and well looked after. And I guess the the the, the over 60 odd places that we supply labour to, you know, it, it gives us a flexibility to, if there is a negative side of things and we have that, uh, we can have that conversation to then explore other options. So if one person in the group focuses on the negatives, it can bring a whole team down. So we talk about things like if you're not happy with your location, your shift rotation, your roster structure, um, things like that, your working environment, then we can activate those conversations to go, hey, what can we do to help you be more happy? Like it might be things at home might have changed and I need to be on a different roster structure or closer to home. We can have that flexibility to then continue to be happy rather than be tied to one site. Mm. 
if it doesn't work too bad, you either find another job or you put up with it. That's, that, that's a massive bonus for us because then we can, we can um, then relocate or change or whatever. And if you're not scared of the phone call from your manager, then having that mm, conversation that's right. is going to be a yeah. lot easier. Yeah. And, and that's it. Like we're obviously a much more sc- smaller scale. Like I can't just move people to different work sites and stuff. Like we have one work site or whatever. But ours yeah. is take social media management, for example. Like yeah. when you write posts, you know, if you're writing five posts a week for a business for two years, you know, you're going to get tapped at some stage and like we'll do refreshes and brainstorms and that sort of stuff, but mm. we'll move those clients around between people so that the client's also getting a fresh take on it from somebody. That's right. But it's also like people just don't have that burden of responsibility for something mm. if they're not feeling it. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess we're creative, so it's always like you've got to really be in the right headspace and the right groove. But same thing for you, like you yep. said with your guys, if they're like doing this roster and it was really great, but now things have changed at home, there's a new baby or, yep. you know, think whatever like that. Yep. It's like, you know, first of all, them having the place where they feel they can come and talk to you, like mm-hmm. Ryan yeah. said, but then you actually fucking listening and then doing something about it and working with them. Like, yep. that's what I mean. Like, it's not just about... Like recruitment pipelines are super important, obviously, but it's also about retainment. Yeah, you know, and keeping yep. the right people there, and and again, like I said, treating them with respect. Like, how would you want to be treated if you weren't happy with what was going on, mm. and you went up and spoke to your supervisor or whatever about it? Yeah, you would hope that they would like genuinely listen to you and try and work with you to a solution. Yeah, and I've found in the past that it can go through a lot of different people before something can action yeah. where they have direct access to us in, in managerial roles. So it's, and, and that and makes a big difference. It doesn't take five weeks for something to get action. That's right. And it's, and, and after hours, weekends, we don't care if there's an issue, give us a buzz. And oh my God, they if know an that. Weekend, don't call me. No, I will. <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> but it's like, I, I think if you've got a happy team, happy crew and you, it, Positivity and, and productivity is just comes hand in hand with that. Mm. So it does. So, it's actually good for your business too. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you safeguard? Like how do you how do you know you're bringing someone on that's going to be a right fit? Is there something that you look out for? Yeah. So uh, we have a really big focus on the process during the recruitment phase of bringing in that positive culture mold. So we have um, a few years back we implemented a pre-employment questionnaire available through our website that allows us to know a little bit more about the potential candidate before we actually speak to them. So if we do um, include that with employment history, reference checks, interviews, we're on the right track to capturing the right person before we even onboard them. Because potentially uh, you employ someone, you don't, they're a complete stranger to you mm. until they start working for you. Absolutely. And it's like, here's the flag, go and fly it. Mm. How do we know that that's the right person? So I think oh man, I'm terrified. That's like, the scary part. Every time someone new starts, I'm ne- I'm probably more nervous than they are. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it, it's um, you, you try and capture as much information you can without being too intrusive with what you can and can't ask. I guess <laughs> we've done a lot of research into this sort of stuff, but it's kind of like back in the um, early 2000s, there was this massive thing in the industry where it was like an aptitude test. Mm-hmm. We'd spend all day doing questions that weren't relevant to the industry, but in a roundabout way, it was about your thought process. Oh, yeah. You know, you walk down the street and there's a construction site on the left and a guy painting a picture on the, on the right. Yeah. Which one do you stop and look at? And it's totally irrelevant to your industry, but it's your thought process, right? Wow. And it was very full I'm on. So looking at the painting. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> they'd, they'd take into a room with um, four other potential candidates with a tent and say, right, I put the tent up. And they'd stand there and they'd watch you do like how you would take control what you'd That's do first. recruitment process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, 
you spend a whole day doing this stuff, right? It's like 500 questions. Like, and, and even when you had morning tea and made your coffee and talked to people, they would be like, observing observe you. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's not completely nerve-wracking. No, like, not at all. Yourself. I think the tent thing's cool, though. And you're like, you get this guy who's like... You guys have to put a marquee up together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at my house on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> 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 I have to do flat packs. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. Flat packs would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'll host. <laughs> but it, it was like... It, it really exaggerated people's emotions because the guy who was sort of reserved had to come out and, and like, mm. G'day, mate, how are you? What's yeah. your name? You got any kids? Like, what are you doing today's off? And you're like, bro, would you even talk to me like this at, like, the pub? Yeah. Like, so we wanted to take a very, very small um, section of that and go, what can we find out about our people on a personal level yeah. that's not in um, intruding their privacy not or whatever? Invasive. Yeah. But also giving us enough information to go, hey, this guy's worked in this industry, he's worked for that company, he's had this record in regards to safety or things like mm-hmm. that. So then we can then dive into more details of like reference checks and things like that. The mining industry is a very large industry, but it's a very small world. Mm, yes. You know, there's like the, the larger mining companies might have five or six different mine sites in Queensland, Bowen Basin, and someone may have worked at two or three of those. And- you know, how many men- people out of those sites would they now know? That's like, right. How many people yep. One person who worked with them who now works in this industry and asking us for labour then knows that guy and it's like, hang on. Like, yeah. I moved to Queensland and I knew nobody. And Frontline did a reference check on me <laughs> or <laughs> spoke to a friend that, oh, I heard, you, you know, I got you good, good raps about you and we want you to come on board. I'm like, great. Who have you been talking to? Because I, <laughs> I don't know anyone up here. But it's a very small industry. And if, if like even the New South Wales Hunter Valley mining industry is very, very relative to Queensland mining as is well. Is that because it's the same type of mining? There's, it is the mo- same type of mining, but it's also people want change and they yeah. go from either either. And, you know, people down there like myself, mm-hmm. let's go to tropical Queensland, yeah. like where it's like it's hot all the so time. different yeah. and better than yeah. Ireland fishing mm-hmm. and Yeah, like my, you know, weekend away, you drive to Newcastle or Sydney or wherever, but here, let's go to Ellie Beach or let's go to yeah. Hamilton Island. Like, yeah. how good's that? Like, I want to be a part of that. So it's like, and some people like want to go back down that way and do the winter and mm-hmm. the fires and keep warm uh, and like cold. camping like yeah I'm up here I'm like yeah it's too cold I enjoyed up here like I wear a jumper probably two weeks a year and I've um, got shorts on yeah well, well it's almost June so get that ready yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one so, jacket I've had for 10 years because why do I need to yeah so there's a lot of um uh, uh company interaction as well so like Hitachi for example they have a massive store workshop in the Hunter Valley, but they also supply machinery up here. So there's different loca- like there's yeah, yeah. location up here, location up there. So they, they travel in between, they share workers, et cetera, like that. So there's a good relationship there. And it's I think it's relative to that industry and on how actually small it is, mm-hmm. inverted commas, of who knows what and what so goes basically on. Basically, you're saying that if you're in mining, behave yourself. That's right. 100%. 100%. <laughs> because people will know. Yeah, and I, I've known that <laughs> there's a – I've got a friend of mine who works in a, a similar type company and they've had people that they've hired sent to a mine site and the mine site rings up and goes, what are you sending this guy here for? We he was here before. Yeah. He was told not to come back and then you just hired someone. So unfortunately – like, sorry, fortunately that hasn't happened for us, yeah. but we've got this pre-employment application in place that, you know – Try and vet Try and that find initially. that, yeah, be, because I've, we've, we don't want to get to a position where we onboard someone and then they've been a naughty boy somewhere else and you can't send them anywhere. So – I think that's a massive advantage for us to capture the positive culture that we want before they start work. So 
So any tips for anyone to upgrade their equipment and their onboarding process in general? That you no, because we want them to come to us. <laughs> across any industry. Across any industry. Okay. So I think the the main thing is with, with marketing is be different. Be relevant to what your industry or what you're trying to achieve. Think of the end game and work your way backwards. Because like you were saying before, you can be given the tools by someone like Rebel Nation but it's it's if you don't use those tools, then you've just wasted everyone's time and money. Yeah, you've it's just made the money, but really. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, we made money, that's so right. we're fine. Yeah, but so you guys, I mean, you're yeah. So, for example, if we were if we were to to target radio advertising, for example, we have the potential to miss half of our potential candidates because of a seven and seven roster. Mm-hmm. There's seven days out of fourteen where people won't be able to watch the TV because they're on a mine site or we're in the wrong area, or they're on the wrong shift. They might be a night shift and not listening to daytime radio. So things like that would be perfect for us as our light vehicle workshop in Mackay because the people who want to get their air conditioned serviced or their car serviced, again, if it's under warranty, we can still do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, roadworthies and things like that, people are, are driving in their cars at mm-hmm. certain times of the day. That's why you'll always have, like, your best radio announcers in breakfast and drive segments because that's the time when people are in their car. Mm. So you have to think about your target audience, and how you reach out to them. So radio for mining, not really the best option, but local business, 100%. So you really have to think about your your end game and work your way backwards. What can be best utilised for me and what my product is? 100% agree, ma'am. Fantastic. Well said. Awesome. Cool. Do you have any more questions for Brad? I am all good, man. Thank you so much for coming along today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Especially... For those who don't know, Brad actually has his own little radio show as well. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sorry, that's where that smooth radio voice comes from. We've got a lot to learn from him. Uh, um, but thanks I'm for coming really along. I'm not sure you can learn voices. Like, no, like, but like just having that smooth tone of our It's confidence, I think. Um, like, yeah. if, if you if you forget about who your audience is, like, I remember I started, oh, good 10-odd years ago, and I remember my very first um, radio program on the National Racing Channel, like where they did the horse racing. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember sitting there in my first radio conversation thinking that the whole of Australia is listening to this right now. And I was absolutely peeking out. Aww. And I listened back to it and go, that was so bad. <laughs> but if you can get out of your head who you're talking to, although how large the audience is, and, and it's just, you know, the three of us sitting here. Yeah, That's all this is. That's it all is. this is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, uh, thank so you much. so much for having me. Yeah, no, appreciate cheers it. for coming along, Brad. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah. Good luck That's with it. your recruitment. Thank you. <laughs> cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.